0: Uh, We are in Lent, this period of time of preparing for uh, the Easter celebration. And we do this personally, preparing our hearts and our minds. And we have a series that we're doing that's taken from the liturgy that's put out uh, for for the church. And we're going to be spending most of our uh, next few moments talking about Lent and what it means to rise again. Last week we talked about dying to self. Baptism is a symbol of death and then we need to rise again. Well, today we talk about that. We're going to be looking at John chapter 5. Now, before that, um, I'm going to give you just a little bit of information. Here is our annual report, which you can pick up on the table. We're not even going to pass it out. Um, We're going to just pick it up from the communion table on your way out of church today. Um, I'm not going to refer to much that's in this report. I do want to refer a little bit about... Some of it that's easy to measure and helps us understand where we are today. So this, by the way, is my 19th report. I have never lived anywhere as long as I have lived in Placerville. In my whole life, you have given me the gift of being able to settle down here. And I don't know how long it'll be in the future, probably not 19 years, but um, I have just enjoyed being a part of this congregation. Uh, You have loved me and helped me grow as a minister. And I hope that uh, what we have done together has helped you grow in your faith. So we talk about Plashville Church of the Nazarene being on a journey. And life is a journey. Until Jesus comes again or until we die, we are on this journey of life. We are in time. Uh, You know, it's interesting. Time is not a concept that God needs. He gave it to us so that we can measure our lives with time. He's timeless. And and so when we think about being on this journey, it's our journey. And God stepped into time by putting Jesus on earth and gave us a perspective, just the tiniest hint of what it would be like to go with him eternally. So we're doing this And we have these two aspects of living God's love and sharing God's word. We share God's word because we live his love. We live his love because he told us that's what we need to do. So I'm going to give you just some real brief stuff. There's a whole uh, back page here in this report that uh, has statistics. And some of you really like statistics and this whole page. We, We know where every dollar went. Well, I think. Pretty much every dollar, except for thirteen, because there's a one correction there of thirteen dollars worth. I'm not sure about. I think Susan, do you know where that thirteen dollars is from? So you know it's, it's there, but we got a thirteen dollar thing this year. But we know we we track every expense. We have receipts for all that. We we operate in an orderly way, and and I really appreciate Jim Monroe. Jim Monroe was supposed to be on a cruise today. They did not go, um, but they did go down and they're renting a house at the beach and isolating themselves, okay? Uh, I just, uh, I praise the Lord that our giving has remained strong. Our attendance has remained steady. And the total raise for this church, largest in the last five years, $379,640. We spent $373,287, so we actually spent less than we brought in. Isn't that good? Yay. Anytime we can do that. Let me tell you, most churches are not able to do that. They're not paying all of their bills. Uh, a lot of churches having, are having bivocational staff. Uh, we have been blessed. For world missions, this is great. We gave two thousand, uh, $28,244. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, that's the top number there. See world missions? $28,444. That is tremendous. Yay. Um, pensions and benefits are money that we, as a part of the denomination, send to Kansas City for retired ministers and missionaries. And they don't get very... How much is your pension, Floyd? It's horrible. But I, I think we should just give you the $7,793 straight. Oh, we have to give some to Dr. Bob, and then we have to. <laughs> so that, that a, a small support. Um, we've also the church has also done some other ways where we can do matching funds and investments. So it's much better than a straight pension. It's more of an investment account now. So Sean, you'll have something to look forward to in the future. Uh, Point Loma our Nazarene College, we gave seven thousand seven hundred fifty-six dollars. The Sacramento District, and this includes camps and our district office and assemblies and missions and all of those kind of things, is included in this $13,789. We paid all of those budgets in full. We gave two others $54,336 this year. Bless us. We gave more than a tithe. We gave fourteen point seven one. So that means 14 cents out of every dollar, almost 15 cents out of every dollar. You get that? So every dollar that we receive in tithes and offerings is going out and ministering in a lot of different ways. So I, I just think this church pays their budgets, and God bless us for uh, supporting and And we are tithing to missions and, and these other things. Okay, all budgets paid in full. Thank you, Jim Monroe, for his Uh, wonderful service, 12 years as our treasurer, and he has retired from being treasurer. We elected a new treasurer last Tuesday night at our church board meeting, and I'd like for all of you to thank and appreciate and congratulate Debbie Riley. Yay! Thank you. They say it's a thankless job. Thank you for for taking that on. And Jim has has done a wonderful job and is, is going to be continuing to work with Debbie and all that. Okay. This May, our church will be how old? 95 years old on May 17th. Uh, as a matter of fact, that day uh, is a Sunday this year. So we're celebrating the 95th anniversary on a Sunday. Doesn't, doesn't that just seem right? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think about it, I think we're going to make it to 95, but, but um, these last five years have been a kind of tough for our church. We have just, uh, we've kind of held our own, remained the same. Uh, our worship, morning worship, hit a high for our, my whole time here five years ago of 134. And this year we're at 102. And we're actually up two from a year ago. Uh, in Christian ed, occasionally we, we had 73, which is actually up three. But, you know, Sean and his family moved here, and there's six or seven of them, so it's not, that, that's not working out too well. But we're hanging in there. We're holding our own. We've plateaued. We're maintaining well. But we need to grow. Did you want to say something? Okay, Um, so we are plateaued. We've maintained well. We're continuing, but we do need to grow. That's the thing. And you know what? Really, the strength of our church is 60 years and on up. It's you folks uh, for the most part. And um, we need, and I thank you for for being willing to invest in younger people. Having Sean come is about that, investing in younger families, children, youth, all of that, okay? So uh, pray for Sean and and pray for us. Um, You know, Lent is a good time for us to confront our own mortality and to reaffirm that we are dependent on God. Well, guess what? As a church, we do our part, but we are still dependent on God uh, to grow. And so our text for today, would you open your Bibles? We're taking a look at John 5, 28. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus is speaking and... um, in your Bible, if you happen to have one of those that has the words of Christ in red, these are all red-letter words today. And it's a, kind of a little bit of a peculiar uh, situation that we look at here in what Jesus is talking about. Because he is, he, he's explaining and affirming that we do need God, and that even after we die we have a future. And I want us to look at that. We talked about death. Let's talk about life today. Uh, The text, John 5, 28. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son and they will rise again. Those who have done good will experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil, I, I find that phrase interesting. It's not like you just made a mistake or, or sinned, but you, if you're continuing in evil, you're going to rise to experience judgment. Well, folks, we don't want anybody to continue in evil. We want everyone to choose good and rise to eternal life not eternal judgment. Now, we know we're all dead, and it's okay because with God we rise again. And that is our theme. That that is the theme I'm calling us to look at in this next year, to rise again. Um, We will all rise again, whether to resurrection life or resurrection judgment. Resurrection judgment is, is also condemnation. But resurrection is a good thing. We celebrate Easter because of Jesus' resurrection. And, you know, more importantly than just a good thing, it's a God thing. It's God that makes that happen. And this is the kind of life that only God can bring. So, however, we we must work with God to make it happen. Now... Probably you've been reading about Ignatius of Loyola. <laughs> anyway, he's a saint, so he's been gone for a while. But he is credited with this following quote. Have you heard this before? Work as though everything depended on you. And pray as though everything depended on God. Now, now pause here for a minute. Think about that. Does that make a certain amount of sense to you? God expects us as a church to work together for his good. But it doesn't all depend on us. It really does depend on him. And I, I like this quote. I do. I, I think there's something to ponder in it. And we work hard alongside of God. And we, we pray that, that anything that we do as a church, that the results of our work as a church will be his will. That we'll certainly do things as a church that expand the kingdom of God. You know, if we're doing stuff that doesn't seem to fit with the future and the kingdom of God, we we ought to consider whether we ought to do it or not. And And we try. We look at everything we do, and we want it to bring glory to God. Now, modern-day scholars on the Internet have looked at this quote and have suggested that St. Ignatius actually, what he actually said was this. Work as though everything depended on God. And pray as this, everything depended on you. <laughs> now, wow, that really gives me something to ponder. Uh, that might make us lazy and just sit around waiting for God to do all the work. I don't know. But it does make me ponder. Now, if you have a big decision to make in your life, do you pray? I think most of us do better at praying over big decisions than we do the little things. And, and if, you, if we're making all the little decisions on our own, well, maybe God wants us to. If we get into a relationship, we kind of know what he wants um, with, with certain things. I, I've had some victories over certain things. I, I do not eat worms like I was challenged to do as a five-year-old in the, in the neighborhood there. Um, and could I still eat worms? Yes. If you tricked me, I, I could, could do that. But I wouldn't choose to. And, and, and I don't think it's a, it's a real big God thing. I, I just think God's helped me to get to that level of maturity that you see standing before you today. But there are other things that God has helped me with. Things that were difficult for me when I was younger and now are really not much of an issue at all. I swore like a Marine when I was in fifth grade. All of our group, we just used all the words. And God gave me victory over that. About six months after I started going to church, bam, bam. God did something. I didn't try to stop swearing. I did before that. Didn't do any good, but with God, it just happened. There are other things, and, and, and you could all say that God and the church and being around good people have helped you grow and mature and be more Christ-like. So we have a big decision. We pray harder. I, I do. If everything depended on me, I would certainly pray more. So I, I guess I can see a little sense in that. We need to pray more. And we need to depend on God more. And we need to let God guide our work. And we need to be sure to give him all the glory. Now, I wrote all of that sentence for us before I knew you were being inspired by God to write this, this song and, and to, Vicki to come. And, and that just all hit together at just the right moment, and just the right time, and man, praise God, give him all the glory. So what this really means, and as a church, it all depends on us depending on God. We have to do some work. We have to pray. God's there, he's going to be for us, and so I would just call us to pray more and let God build the church. And when we pray, he's going to tell us stuff to do. Do it. Just do it. When he tells you to do something, just do it. When do you think we're going to rise again? A lot of people think we're in the end times. The Bible tells us that after we die, we'll rise again. So either if Jesus comes or we die, we're going to rise again. So when are we going to rise again? I'm going to give you the definitive answer. Are you ready? This is going to be so exciting. Some of you are going to run and write this down. When are we going to rise again? Someday. We don't know the day. You know, I'm reminded often, when I first came here, this church had tried some other property, it didn't work, and and there were some people that said, that church will never get a new building. They'll never relocate. That never is going to happen. Well, just let me tell you that someday happened 11 years ago. When were we going to build the sanctanasium out here that was supposed to be a part of our phase one? Well, someday we will. I think about what we talked about last week with depending on God and dying to self, and the sad thing is, many churches seem to be dying today. Now, let me tell you, the Church of the Nazarene is growing more outside of the United States than in USA and Canada. We seem to be just plateaued. And maybe it's, our church is not that different. We are, the Church of the Nazarene is aging, and the Church of the Nazarene is holding its own, barely keeping up with the birth rate, but we're hanging in there. Not so for a lot of denominations, but I think we have a message. And you know, Forrest, what you said, man, this is all about Forrest today. Um, Let's turn it into all about God today. What, What you said about this gentleman, let me tell you, this is a church people can come to, particularly if they are older and they can assimilate into this church immediately. And they know that they will be loved. They will be welcomed. And this is a place where we honor the Bible and we honor God. Yes, we're going to continue to do that. Now, how we reinvent that in the way that young people will see and want to come, that's another challenge. And and we need to do that. So many churches seem to be dying. Will God keep us from dying as a church? I don't know. But I do know that God is a God of resurrection. And we can begin again. We can start over in whatever ways we need to. We need to do that. We must depend on him in order to rise again. So, let's do what we can do and depend on God to do what only he can do. And if we partner with him, good things are going to happen. Great things are going to happen for us. So, here we are. Lent. It's a time to pray, but Lent is a time to pr- totally depend on God, and so if you find yourself depending on yourself, you know what this coronavirus has done for us? It has showed us that we cannot conquer every problem as human beings. No matter how well nations work together, and some countries are doing better than others, and, and You know, everybody wants to blame somebody. Guess what? This is one of those natural things that happen. And I'm not saying that God would bring this on. I don't think that would ever happen. But I think even this, too, God could use for his glory. And that if a person says, you know, I need to think about eternal things. And it causes somebody to turn to God. I'm going to praise God for the coronavirus, weird as it is. I would do that. This power of the resurrection came to earth when God raised Jesus from the dead. This power is here. And in our prayers of confession, in the midst of our fasting, in our sincere repentance, this power is available and active in the church. The work of Jesus is still at work in our church. So this is the thanks be to God moment. I am thankful to all of you who minister and serve and, and are part of something bigger than yourself. And you do it for the church, and you really are doing it for God. So thank you for that. Thank you for the work of some individuals outside of the church that still are benefiting the kingdom of God. Brian's here. Brian, you, you don't know if Brian does this or not. Probably some of you do. He's a Gideon. What do Gideons try to do? They try to place the written word in people's hands. And, and so uh, thanks for doing that. Uh, he, he goes and speaks out at other churches uh, quite a few Sundays uh, during the year, and he usually reports back to me and tells me where it was and what it was and, and all that. And, and you've done it here several times, and probably we're due to have you do it again. See? He's an advocate for this, Okay. So, what a a good thing that we don't just lock into our local church, but we're spreading out too. So, I got a story for you. This is the big finish, okay? This is the story to wrap it up. And I found this um, story about Liz Curtis Higgs. Colette loves Liz Curtis Higgs. Here's a picture of it. Colette did this Bible study, Bad Girls of the Bible. Did some of you do that study with her? It wasn't here. Oh, so there's something to look forward to. We could have a a Sunday school class this summer of bad girls of the Bible. Would you go to that class? Are you kidding? We really are interested in bad girls because some of the bad girls turn out good. And that is a good message. Anyway, um, Liz travels around the United States speaking. She was in Detroit. And she was at the airport, and it was 10, 16 p.m., and her connecting flight was just canceled. So she's going to spend the night in Detroit, and she can't find her bag. Where is her luggage? Nowhere to be seen. So uh, she's feeling kind of like a bad girl right now at the airport. She goes up uh, to explain her situation to the loan Customer service representative. Have you ever had to go to the luggage counter at the airport? One time I had to go to the luggage counter, and there was my bag sitting in a row right in front of it. It was the best time ever. But I've also had to go, and I didn't get my bag for three or four days. I was fortunate that it was at home, and they actually brought it from the airport to my house. So that was pretty nice. But she's not feeling too good about this. She's got a speaking engagement the next day that she's going to be three hours late for. And she's talking to this baggage attendant. So how long is it going to take to retrieve my bag, she says. And, and this guy just shrugs, and he says, well, it could be 30 minutes. It could be two hours. It could be never. What? What? Never? How in the world am I supposed to? No. He flips up his hand, and he stops her protest, and he says, I'll put in a request ma'am. That's all I can do. It's only a request, not a promise. So she slumps down into a seat across from the empty carousel where all the other bags have come out. And she's discouraged and she's out of sorts. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Detroit, but have you ever been discouraged and out of sorts? Now, what? She said, everything I need is in that bag. She's going to be late for her morning presentation. It's in Oklahoma City. She's going to be late anyway. What do I do? So, here's what she says No way can I show up in eau de sweat outfit that I'm wearing right now. If you know Liz Curtis Higgs, Colette has some stories, by the way. They would be worth your while to speak with her about those. So she said, If ever there was a perfect time to call on the Lord for help, this was it. Did I make that wise move? Oh, no. I called my husband. It was late at night, and the man was 350 miles away. Still, couldn't he do something? So, after listening to her moaning and groaning for several minutes, her husband Bill said, I'm sorry, honey. I'll pray. Here's Bill. They have hilarious stories. Pray? She whined to her husband. Can you imagine? That's not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Clearly, She was exhausted and frustrated. She was at her wit's end. She was caught up in the situation, and she'd forgotten what she knew to be true. Prayer is the best thing that we can do. And sometimes it's the only thing that we can do. Pray as though everything depended on God. Work as though everything depended on you. She said, My problem is I usually focus on the second part, work, and forget the most important step, pray. Too often I turn in every direction looking for answers instead of turning to the one who has all the answers. All the answers I'll ever need. That night in Detroit, Liz prayed. I think anytime you're in Detroit, it's a good time to pray. she prayed, please, Lord, I know it's just a suitcase, but if you could send it my way, I'd be grateful. Without warning, the baggage carousel sprang to life and a single bag dropped into view. There it was, slowly began heading down the belt. It was small. It was black. It had a familiar Mickey Mouse tag dangling from its handle. Smiling through her tears, Liz said, thank you, Lord. And please forgive me for not praying first. God already knows our needs, and yet he expects us to work. He expects us to ask, to request things of him. He wants us to pray, and he wants us to work. Remember, when we put our needs into words, we are putting our needs into words into his hands. We need a resurrection in our church, in our life, in our, in our daily being with God. And, and, and God is the source of that power. We need to pray for the future of our church. And by the way, the future is now. And we need to pray as though everything depended on God because it does. In church life, it does. We don't do this on our own. When we do, we are... Subject to human frailty. But when we truly depend on God, even our feeble efforts make a difference to him. Oh, pastor, I could never teach Sunday school. Okay, if you're not gifted to teach Sunday school, fine. But do you know, if you are willing and you try, God uses you and makes something good happen. Somebody might say, I can never write a song like Forrest did. Maybe you haven't even tried. But if you give your efforts and you give them to God, he will bless them and make something good happen. I know this because I've been preaching here for 18 and a half years. <laughs> and I just, I just pray every time, God, do something with me. And, you know, sometimes I think, oh, this is a good one. This is really good. They're really, this is going to change the church. Hallelujah. It's going to double in a week. You know, it's such a fabulous sermon. And, you know, it kind of just, you know, falls flat. And then I think, oh, this one's not going to be so good. And on the way out of church, everybody goes, oh, Pastor, that was just what I needed to hear. Or, or the, my favorite is, were you just speaking to me today? And I promise you that I'm not. Well, I am, but I'm not. God is speaking. And God is speaking to our church. And you know what? We have some, this is a great church. We have some wonderful things, some fabulous people. We need to share that good news and keep going. Don't give up. Keep on. Pray as though everything depended on God because it does. So I'd like to challenge you as a person to pray for our church this year. And more than before. I'd like for you to, if you're in charge of a a small group, a Bible study, a Sunday school class, I'd love for you to just add this. And Lord, we pray for our church. We pray for our Sunday school class to grow and our church to grow. We pray for our caravan group to grow. You know what? We had the most exciting thing. Every week in caravan, we have the kids um, share prayer requests. You know, we do all these pledges and stuff like that. And he says, okay, are there any prayer requests? And usually there's three or four prayer requests. They're much better about giving their prayer requests than you all. You, they're not inhibited at all about doing this. But a small group is a good place to do that. So I hope you're doing that in your Bible studies and, and Sunday school class. And, and, and so it's quick. It's succinct. And then I'll just say, and then, and then they'll call. Um, we have our junior guides that are leading all this. So it's, you know I'm just watching it happen. And so Brian sticks up his hand. I want to pray. And, you know, there's been five things mentioned. And I'm thinking, has Brian been paying attention? Is he, was he listening? Is he ready to pray? He's like in second grade. Second grade, right? Yeah, second grade. But it's Roy and Susan's grandson, so you expect him you know, to be advanced. I didn't know what to expect. Man, Brian prayed, and clearly and succinctly in a bold voice He called out to God. He prayed for the prayer requests that come every single caravan week. He prayed over those. And he mentioned every single one of those prayer requests. And I'll tell you, my heart was touched by his prayer. We need each other's hearts touched by our prayers. And Brian could do it. If you need somebody to pray for you, just ask Brian. Work as though everything depended on you. And for some unknown reason, God has chosen you to help advance his kingdom. I wouldn't have picked you, but, you know, I wouldn't have picked me either. But when we give ourselves to God, he will accomplish his will. Not in us. Yeah, that's that's part of it. In the world. He will change the world. And he'll use this church to change this little part of the world in them. So every time you meet as a small group, as a Bible study, even a one-on-one Bible study, I I just would call on you to pray for the church, to pray for the kingdom of God to grow. Every time you pray for another person who needs Jesus... And all of us need to pray for this man who lives in the trailer park up the street. And then something will happen that God leads, that God makes happen. We do our part, God does us his part. And the kingdom of God grows, and the world changes one person at a time. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for our church. This is a great church because we read the Bible and pray that we work together with you for good things to happen. That we, Lord, that we want this church to be here for another 95 years. And Lord, most of us are not going to be here that long. And yet we'll do our part today to plant seeds for tomorrow we will pray we will be about your work and as you bless it it will bear fruit and grow Lord I pray for each one here may they sense and know that they still have something to do for you it might be working in the nursery or with kids. It might be helping with refreshments or it might be coming down and just extra cleaning that we could use right now, whatever. And, Lord, when we get to the place where we are physically done and we can't do anything else, oh, there is one thing we can do. We can pray. And so, Lord, help us on this journey to live love, to share your word, to pray, and to give you all the glory. So we pray for this in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen.